Welcome. This is Shanahan on Literacy, the site where we believe there is nothing nobler than to teach someone to read. I'm Tim Shanahan, your host, and welcome to you today. Today we're going to get into the issues of small group phonics instruction and differentiation of phonics instruction. I received a couple of questions from teachers uh, about this, and and I, I want to reply to those today. Small group phonics in the classroom, good idea or not? Well, here's the first question I got. Our district adopted a systematic phonics program, and instruction is delivered whole class for each grade level for about 30 minutes per day. We have a wide range of learners in each class, so my question is, is whole class instruction an effective use of instructional time since some students are being exposed to phonics instruction beyond their level? For example, a second grader who still hasn't mastered CVC words, but is focused on whole class instruction, focused on CVCE words. Is there any research to substantiate that exposure to explicit phonics instruction beyond their current level of mastery is going to be valuable for that student? And question two, do you know of any research that supports the notion that all students must receive tier one instruction in phonics at their grade level? even though they're significantly below in their decoding skills? I know that it's important that all students receive Tier 1 instruction with grade-level material such as complex text and vocabulary. However, I always get asked the question if it makes sense in phonics. I work with many teachers and often hear that some of their students still do not know letters, sounds, or cannot yet decode simple CVC words, yet they're receiving Tier 1 instruction in more advanced phonics concepts. Is there any merit to this? <laughs> well, here's my reply, and you're going to see why I was happy to get these letters. Glad you asked. I've been thinking about this problem recently. I've come across recent claims that teachers must differentiate phonics instruction, as well as ads claiming the superiority of certain products because of their instructional delivery to multiple small groups in a classroom. Those assertions puzzled me because they flew in the face of the research that I knew and failed to cite any supporting evidence. These kinds of questions don't always match well with the research. I wish that I could identify a bunch of studies comparing within-class small-group instruction addressing varied content in phonics with whole-class instruction with no content adjustment. (laughs) Half of these imaginary studies would equalize the amount of instruction. What, what I mean by that is the whole classes would get 30 minutes a day, and so would each of the small groups, though this would necessitate a, an awful lot of seat work for groups that weren't with the teacher. The other half of the studies would limit the overall time devoted to phonics in the classroom, staying to a total of 30 minutes for both the whole class and the multiple small group versions. The amounts of time devoted to the small groups would have to share the 30 minutes, Two groups would get 15 minutes each. Three groups would get 10 minutes each, and so on. With those kinds of data, I could provide you with a solid, comprehensive, research-based answer. Instead, I'm required to reason from the existing research. The existing research is not a perfect fit for these questions. Existing studies uh, have examined the effectiveness of phonics delivered through both whole class and small group instruction. Though group size was not the point of those studies, they were just trying to see if phonics gave kids an advantage. The necessary comparison for this comes from the meta-analysis conducted from collections of studies uh, that the National Reading Panel did. 
The problem with this kind of question in a meta-analysis, however, is that the feature being evaluated was not manipulated by the researchers. It's only a correlation. These studies didn't really compare whole class and small group instruction, but we have small group and whole class studies, so we can compare them through a meta-analysis. Unfortunately for this question, you're mainly comparing phonics instruction in the whole classes. The comparison in the original studies was whole classes receiving or not receiving phonics, with phonics instruction delivered to small group, and in those studies, the comparisons were among tier two small groups with and without phonics. Differences in results could be due to group size. In, in small groups, teachers can tailor instruction to children's individual needs. She can more easily intensify her instruction. She can better monitor the kids' progress and be more responsive to them. But any differences could also be due to the tier one versus tier two aspects of the context. Perhaps classroom kids are more responsive to instruction, for instance. In other words, the research here will give us the best prediction of how experimental comparisons might come out, but they don't study that directly, so there's a lot of room for error. What did the NRP find when it made this comparison between the effects in a whole class setting and effects in a small group setting? Well, basically, NRP reported no significant differences between small group and whole class phonics instruction. They appear to be equally effective despite the idea that the instruction would better match the student levels in the small groups. I quote, Inspection of effect sizes for individual studies in Table 2 reveals that some whole-class programs produced effect sizes as large and sometimes larger than those produced by small groups or tutoring. Given the enormous expense and impracticality of delivering instruction in small groups or individually, Except for children who have serious reading difficulties, research is needed to determine what makes whole class phonics instruction effective. And that's, that's the close of that quote. Essentially, uh, there was no difference in effectiveness when they made that comparison, when we made that comparison. I think part of the problem here is that teachers may be thinking about phonics in the same way that they think about and should think about math curriculum. <laughs> it wouldn't be possible to teach kids long division before they had some degree of mastery with subtraction, since it's entailed in the division problems. But a phonics curriculum isn't like that. Few skills need to be taught before other skills can be learned. The sequence of phonics is, well, it's arbitrary. We advise teaching the skills that are more frequently used before teaching the less usable ones. But it's really not necessary to know the T, T sound before the W, W sound. The same can be said about the CVC and the CVCE patterns. One of these may help unlock more words than the other, but they're both useful, and you don't need to know one before you can know the other. You may think that some kids uh, haven't yet mastered the CVC, so they won't benefit from their class's lessons on the CVCE, but that isn't the case. Students may reap a greater payoff from the CVC pattern in terms of how many words it might help them to decode, but the lack of the earlier skill shouldn't be an impediment to learning and using the others. It wouldn't vitiate the value of that learning. I'd certainly like to give everyone the biggest payoff with every lesson, but the cost of that isn't worth it in this case. Dividing a class into groups means someone will get less instruction. The kinds of gaps mentioned in these letters would 
best be addressed in a tier two pullout or after school or summer program, <laughs> not instead of the classroom teaching, but in addition to it. I'd keep everyone moving forward with their phonics program whole class because that allows maximum teaching time for each element and pattern. It would allow students to develop the ability to visually and phonemically recognize the elements in a variety of word contexts, as well as allowing sufficient time for spelling and reading such words and practice with decodable text, too. This same instruction in small groups either must be less thorough or more hurried. Not good choices if our goal is mastery. So this might surprise folks, but this is a thumbs down on differentiation of phonics instruction uh, within the parameters that I've shared. There's one more alternative, which is to allow phonics to just devour all reading instruction. You know, ah, we'll, we'll work with all these small groups and it might take an hour, it might take more, but, you know, we'll get it done. Uh, that's a big mistake because it ignores the needs to build language and fluency, comprehension and writing. So again, not a good idea and certainly not an idea in accord with the science of reading. Keep teaching those whole class lessons, folks, and uh, use uh, time that you've set aside to catch kids up or, or tier two instruction in and out of the classroom as your solution to the missed skills problem. Uh, with that, we're going to close it up. There were no references in this, but in, in case you want a copy of this script, uh, please go to Shanahan on Literacy and you will find it under the title Small Group Phonics in the Classroom good idea or not. I'd like to thank Greg Johnson, our sound engineer, and I look forward to seeing you up the road to peace. <laughs>